So this Sunday, today, we are doing something a little different. We're going to do, change it up a little bit. We're going to innovate, try something new, keep you on your toes, not expecting the same thing every week. So instead of me droning on for 30 to 40 minutes like I do almost every week, we're actually going to have more music this week than preaching. Okay? We're actually going to have a worship Sunday because we've been in a series this month called Undignified Worship Like a King. We've been teaching you some things about worship. So today, we're going to practice. We're going to practice. So we're going to have a lot of music today. So as part of that, we're going to have you stand up at different points of the service, sit down at different points. If you're like, man, I don't know if I can take it anymore, just sit down. It's okay. Nobody's judging you. That's fine. But we want you to sing. We want you to worship. We want your hearts to really connect with God today. So we're going to do that. And we're also going to hear a great poem that Steph Staley wrote for you guys today. Um, that's going to be later in the service. It's really cool. Um, and in case you're like, well, Matt, I'm hungry. Don't worry. I would not invite you to my table and not eat you. You are going to hear from God's Word today because all of today is surrounded. It's going to be centered on Psalm 27, which is a psalm that David wrote that King will learn to worship life. And so we're going to focus on that in four different mini type of messages throughout the morning. And you're going to be able to hear God's word, and hopefully that will lead you into worship. So would you guys bow your heads right now and pray with me for this morning? Lord God, we are grateful for this morning. Uh, we, we just know that you are good, even when we don't feel like it. And Lord God, we call upon you to come here, to meet with us in this space, where two or three are gathered together in your name. There you are with them. And we claim that promise. We pray that you move our hearts to learn to worship you and to rely on you and to find confidence in you. So we're looking at Psalm 27 today. Psalm 27, David wrote, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You know, David wrote this psalm. And when he says, Whom shall I fear? I think some of us get the wrong impression. We were like, okay, so there's nothing to be afraid of and nothing to worry about. No, no, no. There definitely is. That's why David wrote this. But what he is saying in this psalm is that when we do have fears, when we do have worries, no matter what's coming against us, we have a God who's bigger than all of those things. We need someone else because a lot of us try to just get this this confidence from inside ourselves. We're like, if I just stir up enough courage and confidence, I can do it. I can make it. I, I can make it through what I'm going through. I can just lean in. But we always find ourselves lacking. We need a strength that comes from outside of ourselves. When I was a little kid, we would go in the summers and visit my great-grandma up in New Hampshire. She had one of those huge, beautiful, old Victorian houses. White, beautiful, wooden. I loved playing in that house. And there was this one big, creaky, wooden staircase to get to the second story, right? And that's where we'd stay for the night. And I remember loving that house, except at night. Because at night, the light switch for the upstairs was at the top of the stairs. And I was down at the bottom, and it was so dark, so scary. You'd step on those steps, and it would creak, and you'd never know who was in there, what was in there. Was there a ghost in there? My great-grandma told us there was a ghost living there. I was terrified. I was terrified of that house at night. So you, you know what I would do? I would run as fast as I could up the stairs and turn on the light. And then all of a sudden, I wouldn't be afraid. You know, it wasn't that I had this courage and strength. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to enter into the darkness. No, no, no. I turned on the light. I needed something else to help me. And I think that's what David is referring to when he says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. We need God to give us confidence. 
He goes on to say, When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes will stumble and fall. And in verse 3, David says, Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. See, our confidence doesn't come from inside ourselves. It comes from God. And that's what we're going to learn today. Because some of you today are dealing with worries and fears. And you're struggling. But we can stay with David. Whom shall I fear? Can you guys practice that right now? Whom shall I fear? So when you're worried because you feel like nothing's going your way, that your career isn't where you wanted it to be, you don't even know if you're in the right career track, and you're like, I don't know, I'm, a, I'm afraid that I'm going to be a failure. We can say, whom shall I fear? When you're worried about the diagnosis and medically you think things only could get worse, we can say, whom shall I fear? No matter what comes your way, no matter what's thrown against you, no matter your enemy, whatever is dealing with you in your life, you can say, whom shall I fear? Would you guys please stand and worship today? We continue on with Psalm 27. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only I do seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. For in the day of trouble, He will keep me safe in His dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of a sacred tent and set me high upon the rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At His sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. When I read this passage, I was struck by how much money and time we spend trying to find security. There are billion dollar industries of antiviruses, car seats, uh, car buckles, and alarm systems that we try and put our trust in. Now, none of these are bad things, but I think they're indicative of a problem we have. We find it so easy to put our trust in ourselves, in the things that we can control how much work we can do, whether our kids are doing the right things, how our marriage is going. We try to put these things in our control. But ultimately, we know that God is in control of all things. You see, when we try to wrap ourselves up in what we can do, we lose sight of what God can do. You see, David longs to be in the presence of God, to be in his sacred tent, to be in his tabernacle, to be in his presence. Do we long for the same thing, or do we go throughout our week just feeling like we fall again and again. When the struggles of life come, when there's a car accident, when there's car issues, when our children don't do what we want, us to, want, want them to do, when our marriages struggle, when our friends don't call us back, and our ability to control things falls apart, do we find ourselves longing to be in God's presence? I know I struggle with that, and I'm sure you do as well. David challenges us to build our house and build our lives on the rock. Like Jesus' parable in the Sermon on the Mount, we're called to build our house. So when the, when the floods come, the wind, when the winds blow, our house will reign steadfast. God is the only one who can provide that security. He's the only one that can provide us peace in the midst of trouble. So during these next few songs, I want you to rest in that. 
I want you to accept the free offering of peace and security that God's offering. And only then you can say that I will have confidence in this and that you will fear nothing. Also during these next songs, we'll have people from our prayer teams on the sides of the stage. If you feel like you're struggling with with letting go and letting God work, or that the problems of life are at a point where you just can't deal with them, and you want to raise that up in prayer, it would be our honor to help you with that. All right. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? To raise your hands. Oh, everybody can have a seat if you need, you know, if you're tired. If you want to stand up, you can. But to raise your hands up in the air, to praise God and worship, it's what we were made for. And that's why it feels right when we do it. But what about times when it doesn't? Sometimes you look around and you see the people raising your hands around you and you're like, man, I wish I had some of what they have. I just don't feel it today. I think David understood that. Um, I think we can see that in his words here in this psalm and in many others. But listen to David's words in verse 7. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Savior. You can hear the uncertainty in David's voice, can't you? Uh, maybe I'm just neurotic, but I bet some of you probably know, probably understand this. You ever do that thing where you send a text message or an email to somebody and they don't answer you back right away? And it's like, oh, that's weird. Then an hour later, you're like, why haven't they answered back? Are they mad at me? Then like two hours later, you're going out of your mind. You're like, I'll bet they never liked me. You know, I'm, I, they, they just, they can't. I, what did I do? I messed everything up. I think that's kind of how David's feeling here. He's not feeling it. He's not feeling that, that, that jump in his heart, and it's hard for him to worship. But you know what? David knows. He knows who to seek, and he seeks out the Lord. Which just throws himself on the mercy of a good father. You know, even in the best families, even in the most like stable, loving families, there's going to be drama and, and, and disappointment in times when we get let down. Here's, here's David saying that again. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. See, what he knows is that even sometimes if we can't count on our, on our family, on our earthly family, that we have a heavenly father. That those of us who are in Christ Jesus now, we have a Heavenly Father who we can turn to that will never forsake us and never let us down. Christ warned that sometimes it's not even just rejection. Christ warned us that, that there will be times when our fathers and our mothers and our brothers will turn against us, that they'll betray us. Christ warned that we will be hated for the name of Jesus. Our hope has to be in the Lord. Teach, this is what David says. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. Sometimes it feels like that. Sometimes we just don't feel the worship. But you know what? When it is hardest for us to lift our hands, when it's hardest for us to feel 
that jump in our hearts. That's when we need to lean into worship all the more. That's when we need to raise our hands and sing the loudest. See, the thing is, we don't worship God because of how we feel. We worship God because God is good. Because we have a good God we can turn to. So maybe you're feeling that way today. Maybe you're feeling down. Maybe it's a regular occurrence. But the next time, I encourage you, the next time you feel that way, put your hands in the air. Say, I can be confident. Even in this, I am confident. Because I'm confident in my God. Put your hands in the air and say, Lord, I need you. I need you to rescue me. Because only you can. Psalm 27, 13, and 14. I remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. With all of the circumstances in David's life, most likely this, this psalm may have been written before he was even king, hiding in caves. And yet he seems so sure, doesn't he? I remember when I was a kid, I used to love the, mo- the movie, the musical Sound of Music. And if you remember, there's a song called I Have Confidence. And the chorus of that song says, I have confidence in confidence alone. I have confidence in me. But as I grew older, I started to realize that doesn't really make much sense. I have confidence in confidence alone. And you know why that doesn't make sense? It's because it matters where you put your confidence in. The object of your confidence is so important. And David is not saying that he is confident in himself. He is not confident that his circumstances will change. He's probably not even yet confident that he will become king of Israel as he had been promised. But he remains confident that he will see the goodness of the Lord today, in this life, in the land of the living. And in the same way, when you and I place our confidence in ourselves or in our changing circumstances, or even in the great blessings that we receive from God, Our confidence is misplaced. Because our confidence should not be in these things. It should be in the very name of God himself. The goodness of the Lord. So in the hardest of circumstances, will you have the heart to remain confident and wait for the name of the Lord? If you are worried about money and not sure how you're going to provide for your family, will you remain confident and wait for Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides? If you are single and you're tired of keeping yourself pure while the rest of the world tells you that you're missing out and that you're missing out on fun, Will you remain confident and wait for Jehovah Kadash, the Lord who sets you apart as holy? If you are anxious or depressed, will you remain confident and wait for Jehovah Shalom, the Lord of peace? If you are sick and hurting, will you remain confident and wait for Jehovah Rapha, 
the Lord who heals you. Or if you've lost a loved one, or there's a void in your life that you don't know how you will fill, will you remain confident and wait for Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is there? No matter how strong your enemy may seem, or how terrifying your adversary or your fears may be, we wait for the Lord. Because David remained confident in the goodness of God, that he would see that goodness someday. But you and I have that goodness today. In Titus chapter 3, Paul says, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Understand what Paul is telling us here. The goodness of God appeared. God himself saved us by his own mercy. And if we call Jesus Christ our Savior, that makes Jesus Christ the very goodness of the Lord in whom David had unwavering confidence. So wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. And in the waiting, I implore you to stand with me, to sing and make music as David did and proclaim, even then, I will be confident.